Emory University Podcasts. It's Friday afternoon, the big homecoming soccer game. Tons of people are in the stands cheering, but my mind is on the players on the field. Because according to research, it's possible that one in four of them have an eating disorder. And they might not even know it. I'm Meg Woodward, and you're listening to Healthier You, a podcast made by students at Emory University's Center for the Study of Human Health. Every week, we bring you personal stories and expert insights into our generation's biggest health questions. On today's episode, why is it so hard to diagnose eating disorders in athletes? Eating disorders are the second deadliest mental health disorder in the country. I was like, why are people talking about this more? It is so harmful. People are dying. There's not enough research and not enough help. First, what is an eating disorder? In eating disorders, there is an obsession around food, around calorie counting, so like a lot of anxious thoughts around your body. That was licensed counselor Harani Argo. She works with patients with eating disorders at Connected Counseling and Wellness. This preoccupation on food and body image can lead to behaviors such as fasting, binge eating and purging, and excessive exercise. Disordered eating is on a continuum, starting with abnormal eating, such as chronic dieting, to eating disorders such as anorexia nervosa, which is having a low body weight due to restricting food alongside an intense fear of gaining weight. To be categorized as a disorder, symptoms must last more than six months and impair day-to-day functioning. Symptoms include low heart rate, hair loss, and lightheadedness. Cutting out huge food groups, not nourishing our bodies appropriately, compensating through exercise, making sure that you quote-unquote, work off what you had, right? That can get really dangerous. Former athlete Laurel Carlson knows just how dangerous it can get. I lost a lot of weight. I went from a size 6 to a size 0. Laurel's eating disorder developed between high school and college. After playing volleyball for more than 8 years, Laurel turned to competing in state pageants. She was getting ready to participate in the Miss Rodeo America pageant. The pressure to be thin was everywhere. One of the coaches or mentors that was helping a lot of the girls get ready for Miss Rodeo America pageant, she would grab onto their wrists, and if she couldn't close her fingers around her wrist, she would say that they were too overweight to be in the top five for Miss Rodeo America. These girls would then go into extreme dieting to lose like 5, 10, 15, some whatever pounds before the nationals. So Laurel started restricting her food intake. At one point, she was barely eating a 1,000 calories a day, about half of what nutritionists recommend for someone her age. She was getting weaker and weaker. By the end of that year, um, going to the Miss Rodeo America pageant, I couldn't even put my saddle on my own horse. Like, I, I lost that much weight and I lost that much muscle mass. That's when it just really hit me. I was like, something is not right. Let's play a game of Mythbusters. Here are some truths about eating disorders. First, eating disorders do not discriminate. Many people with eating disorders look healthy. Weight loss can be a symptom of an eating disorder, but it is not always. And you can't tell that someone has an eating disorder by looking at them. People of any race, sex, ethnicity, age, or size can be diagnosed with an eating disorder. Second, eating disorders are not a choice. It's not the family's fault, though they may often blame themselves. In fact, parents can be their biggest supporter in recovery. Parenting's hard, and I always tell people, it's not your fault. 
okay, you didn't know then, and you were doing the best you could with what you had. Biology and genes can be partially to blame, but are not the sole reasons for these kinds of disorders. Third, eating disorders disrupt functioning. Those with an eating disorder often are also diagnosed with anxiety and depression. They also have an increased risk for suicide and medical complications. Think about weeks of not eating enough. Think about months of not eating enough and how that can affect someone's mood and ability to function. Studies at the Norwegian University of Sport and Physical Education found that 19% of athletes meet criteria for disordered eating and 24% are diagnosed with an eating disorder. A year prior, the same authors discovered that female athletes competing in aesthetic sports have a 42% chance of having an eating disorder. When it comes to athletes, one of the hardest things about that is that a lot of eating disorder or disordered eating are really normalized. Athletes are expected to diet and work out a lot, which makes it harder to see when things are getting out of control. But a 2020 study done at West Virginia University's School of Medicine reveals that athletes' bodies are malnourished due to their caloric intake not being enough to satisfy the expenditure of energy. Genetics, psychology, and society can impact the prevalence of an eating disorder. Those at risk include people who have low self-esteem, body dissatisfaction, or personality traits such as perfectionism, those who have experienced trauma, including bullying, initial success with dieting strategies, and coach approval of athletes' dieting strategies. Female athletes in aesthetic sports are the prototype for people with an eating disorder. It is so common that the term female athlete triad was created in 1993 and updated in 2007. The triad symptoms include energy deficiency, menstrual irregularities, which lead to low bone mass, and a low body mass index. According to a 2013 Mayo Clinic study, these symptoms are two to three times more prevalent in sports focusing on weight categories or aesthetics, such as ballet, gymnastics, and endurance running. Male athletes display similar symptoms but present differently. Studies show that males either use cheat meals, overexercise, or misuse substances. Eating disorders in males are harder to diagnose due to the shame and stigma surrounding them. Coaches have a huge impact on the prevalence of an eating disorder. If they are supportive, it reduces the risk. On the other hand, if they are performance-focused, like Laurel Carlson's rodeo coach was, they can increase the risk. Furthermore, according to a survey of healthcare professionals, less than 50% of physicians and physical therapists and under 10% of coaches could identify the triad. No one teaches young athletes how to eat. Someone who goes from a size 6 down to a size 0, you get so many compliments. But behind the scenes, they don't know that you're struggling so bad with nutrition. They don't understand that you barely have any energy to get through the day because you're eating less than a thousand calories. Most of the pressure put on athletes and non-athletes comes from the media, which shows idealized body types every day. A 2014 Italian study shows that the constant bombardment of images leads to an increased attention to the body and the internalization of how they perceive others view their body. Counselor Argo shares her thoughts. In athletes, there's this culture that this is what we do, um, and it doesn't have to be that way. You can have a healthy relationship with food in your body and still play a sport. Laurel Carlson eventually developed a healthier relationship with food, though she still looks back fondly on her rodeo years. I love the experience and the memories that I had, but if I could change anything about the pageant experience, it would be that more healthy, wholesome eating is taught and not to go into such a restricted diet. I didn't eat sugars, I didn't eat dairy, I cut out all gluten. It was very restrictive. So who was your biggest supporter? My parents, they just really helped bring back in some of that nutrition, that healthy eating. And then it just carried from there. 
at the end of the day, it all comes down to nutrition, just understanding how it works. If we understand how nutrition works, we can just start understanding how our bodies work. Recovering from an eating disorder is hard, but possible. Recognizing there's a problem is the first, most crucial step. Go to someone that you trust, go to someone that you love, and just say, hey, I think this is going on. Have you ever experienced this? And just start asking them their experiences. When you are on the road to recovery, it is important to create a strong support system around you. Consult a doctor, dietitian, and psychologist. Even once you no longer show symptoms, continue to practice the positive behaviors you've learned. Eating disorders thrive in isolation. They're strength in numbers for a reason. Start slowly making changes, disrupting the pattern, whether it be simply adding an extra meal a day. It sounds maybe simple, but it's not. It's hard. Counselor Harani Argo has walked alongside many people on their journey with eating disorders. It's a long road, but keep going. It's exhausting and it's hard, but it is better. And I've seen people overcome this. I've seen people get their life back, learn to accept their bodies, learn to enjoy food and have fun around it. Everybody knows an athlete, whether they may be in competition or recreational sports. Be on the lookout for symptoms of disordered eating in yourself and others, and don't be afraid to have a conversation. Early detection is key. Thanks for listening to Healthier You from the Center for the Study of Human Health at Emory University. If you liked what you heard, subscribe to the show in your podcast app and make sure to leave us a review. This episode was reported and produced by me, Meg Woodward. Our theme music is by Tim Taj, additional music by Emory University's band. Special thanks to counselor Harani Argo and athlete and pageant contestant Laurel Carlson. You can find links to all the studies and resources we mentioned in our show notes or on our website, exploringhealth.org. If you or someone you know is struggling with an eating disorder, we've got the phone number for the National Eating Disorders Helpline listed in our show notes.